the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome back to our Saturday show. Blake Gallagher behind the glass, and we'll be taking your calls all morning long from 9 to noon. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. 306-1971. I'm Randy Corcoran. Good to be here with you been getting a lot of phone calls and text messages about the change in lineup that's coming. And uh, so many of you may know that today and next Saturday will be my last show here on 710 KNUS from 9 to noon. And I will be moving to 5 p.m. on Saturday nights. Peter Boyles comes in starting on September 10th. I will be moving to 5 p.m. And so I thought it was a good idea to get used to my late-night voice, 303-696-1971. Those of you who know my story, uh, my radio history, I started in adult contemporary music from midnight to 6 a.m. 40 years ago. And so I figured I could find this voice for late-night radio, and I think I did. Anyway, all kidding aside, uh, Move is coming. Two weeks. We'll be starting at 5 p.m., and it'll be very interesting to see what uh, translates over that way. My my effort at the FM Sexy Draw is only half a joke, really. It is true that uh, I started my radio career doing adult contemporary music from midnight to 6 at a college radio station, and I did not sound at all like that. I was so scared the first time I sat behind that microphone. And, and, you know, I say scared. The first time I walked into a courtroom, the first time I stood up in front of uh, retired U.S. Supreme Court Justice Byron White for a school competition, you get that feeling in your stomach. It's all twisted up and and, uh, you have to breathe. And for a while in my early trial years, I would even kind of retch until I had got that retch out of my system. I really wasn't ready to go. And so I train myself over time to understand that that's not fear. That is adrenaline. That is energy. And uh, until I've gotten past the point where anything makes me wretch anymore. I'm just not that excited about anything. But um, the way you look at the way your body reacts to different stresses, different experiences can really change um, the impact that they have on your life. And um, when I sat down to do midnight to six – college radio, having no idea if anybody was listening. It was an amazing, amazing experience. And I actually did that for, gosh, about a year and a half, I think. And uh, and it was going well. The, the stories you hear about overnight DJs, 100% true. We did. It was not a talk show. It was a music show. And I got calls in the middle of the night from the college girls and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And I was, by the way, I was very, very single 
back in those days. We're talking 40 years ago. So it was an exciting sort of an experience for a guy like me. And it's, you know, my brother had just been killed in a car crash. And so I was very depressed. I started smoking cigarettes. I had quit all drugs, all smoking, all of that stuff. And then I just started smoking cigarettes only again. Um, And I was looking for something. I had graduated from Denver Automotive. I was a mechanic. I was doing my own thing with auto repairs, and I was lost when my brother died. So I literally went to the Ron Bailey School of Broadcast to learn to talk like this and uh, graduated, and the first job they got me was a midnight to six stint college radio station here in Colorado. Not college, a college town radio station here in Colorado. And it actually went very, very well. The uh, One of the drive hosts also did a Sunday morning show called the Sunday Morning Rock of Ages Oldies Show, Dan Mitchell. I've heard him in Denver. I haven't. I just don't get to listen to much music radio anymore, so I, I don't know where Dan is or what he's doing. But, oh, man, what a radio voice. One of the most um, just deep, throaty, but natural. Not like the affect I was trying to put on uh, with a smile on my face at the start of this show, but um, he was just so good. And he got a new job, and so they offered me the Sunday morning Rock of Ages oldie show. And I just loved it because <laughs> when you do oldies, you know, the songs are so short, minute and 40, 50, 60, maybe a couple minutes top. So you're moving really fast. You're talking. You're talking over the intros. You're getting your energy up. It was really good practice for talk radio, I think, because it got me more familiar with timing and things like that. And when I went to that station, this was another cool part of this very first job, is I had a brand new, beautiful, just a gorgeous, well-papered, well-registered, show-award-winning lineage, red Doberman Pinscher puppy. His name was Sher Khan. But he came along into my life just after I started this uh, all-night radio gig. And so I talked to the owner of the station, Phil Brewer, and uh, and got permission to bring the dog into the studio. So he literally grew up in a radio station, um, had a baby playpen for him while he was a pup, and then I, I just trained the heck out of him. So it got to be when he was an adult, you know, we'd get to the station, I'd let him out of the car, he'd run in and downstairs and um, wait at the door to uh, walk in. And then just hang out, just sit quietly. He was not a whiner, was not a barker, did exactly what was asked of him. And so I would always talk about, you know, welcome back, Randy Corcoran and DJ the Doberman Dog. And man, that was another cool way to get the college girls calling in because they loved to hear the stories about the puppy. And then we had the ears done and and, uh, the training that went on and, and all of that stuff. And one day at the station... Uh, I was filling in. I I don't remember if I was filling in on doing morning drive or afternoon drive at the station. But the female station manager was deathly afraid of dogs. I didn't know this. She was not a fan that I was bringing my Doberman into the radio station. But, you know, it was midnight to six and then the Sunday morning oldie show. So she wasn't around. But they had me fill in. And I come in and DJ and the door was open downstairs. So... DJ, the Doberman dog, ran out out of the car ahead of me down since the door was open. He went right on in to the station and went around the corner toward where the studio was. And the female station manager 
was right there, and she screamed. She screamed. It scared the bejubers out of her. And man, oh man, I thought I was in trouble. I was certainly in trouble with her. Fortunately, the owner of the radio station really liked me. And uh, and he I know he liked my girlfriend. She was really, really cute. And um, so for whatever reason, uh, when it got up to him that the dog had come in and she was upset and she was banning the dog, he overruled that decision. Because I literally, I think I literally would have quit the job if I couldn't continue to bring my Doberman in. He was so perfectly well-behaved, gentle, not dangerous, not aggressive, not noisy, not problematic. And he had grown, you know, my radio, my little burgeoning radio career grown up with him right there. And so I, uh, um, I won that little mini battle. And the – it's funny though. I, I got into the radio because it just seemed like it might be something fun and cool to do and a, a new career, a new direction uh, out of the depression of the death of my brother at such a young age. And I realized as time went on that I was sort of getting bored with it. And I was offered um, an opportunity to step into a more prominent role at the station. Um, station owner also owns stations in Hawaii, and that was an option for me because I really, I really did have fun with it. I'd smile and laugh, and you could tell I was having fun. People seemed to like it. But I just got to the point. I was taking some classes uh, at Metro State, and I just got to the point that I realized um, – I'm not going to be a radio disc jockey for the rest of my life. That is not and, – and listen, I'm not diminishing it. Tremendously successful people out there, and it's so much fun. The people you get to meet, the live remotes that we used to do, uh, going out and meeting people, and they'd meet my dog, and you know, it's just a lot of fun. But, um, but I went ahead and resigned from that job and never really looked back on radio, never thought I would be involved in radio again. This was back in 1983 or four by now. And then back along 2013, uh, I got involved. I, I was actually asked to sponsor a show solicited to buy advertising. Knew nothing about it. It was called Grassroots Radio. And I was invited in. Uh, since I, I agree, I like the guys. The Ken Clark came out, met him personally, and talked about what we were doing, the growth of the Tea Party, the problems with the Republican Party, and, and what their vision was on Grassroots Radio. And so I said – yeah, sure, I will, I will sponsor this. So part of the sponsorship meant that I could come in uh, once, I don't know, every couple of weeks or whatever it was and talk about my law firm. And so I thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. And I got into the studio and I was, you know, fairly comfortable. Been a long time, but I'd been around microphones before. And um, we never once, I don't think ever once from that very first visit to Grassroots Radio talked about my law firm. Instead, it was... It was politics, and it was Barack Hussein Obama, and it was the rise of the Tea Party, and it was our problems with Ryan Call and the Republican Party in the state of Colorado and the candidates that were being offered and the way they'd steamroll over the grassroots candidates and the, the big donors and the consultants, all of the same things that we talk about still yet today. And so – Apparently, the first visit was successful because I was invited back, and then I was offered to co-host and then eventually um, fill in as a host uh, by myself. It was a two-man show, and sometimes one of the hosts wouldn't be there. And then eventually I was just doing it uh, when I'd fill in all by myself. And that led to being offered a morning show, which I also did for 18 months. And so you know, I guess I just bring this up because I'm making the transition from mornings to evenings 
Um, and we'll t- I'll talk more about that here in just a little bit. But um, I-, I just love the way the world works, the way it goes around in circles, the way things that happen at different stages in your life, you just never know what they're going to mean later. I never dreamt that a year and a half doing contemporary adult music and oldies uh, radio on Sunday mornings at a wonderful station with wonderful people and DJ the Doberman Dog would set me up for being comfortable around a mic in a studio and doing talk radio. When I agreed to advertise on a show that seemed like a, a good idea to me, a burgeoning Tea Party member and, and uh, re- activist, uh, you know, I'd done some Republican work as a lawyer, but nothing really on the activism level some poll watching, uh, that sort of thing. but uh, And then it turns into something that I truly love to do, and that is be here with you uh, on 710-KNUS. Our phone number, 303-696-1971. We've got callers already. I'm not sure if I will get to callers this segment. So um, be patient if you can. Um, let me tell you the layout of the show, and then I'll get back and, and finish up these stories so we can move on. Very, very busy show, by the way. Um, should be the biggest story in the nation. It's not, of course, the left, the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine makes sure of it by focusing on Trump, 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 Trump. But Mark Zuckerberg admitted in a podcast uh, with Joe Rogan that has now been watched millions upon millions of time, the times. The copy I saw, I think, was a 10.4, something like that, uh, admitted that the FBI came to them and, uh, and, and wink, wink, uh, instructed them to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story in late October before the November election in 2020. That's my interpretation of it, and uh, you, you'll hear for yourself when we play some of that audio later on. It'll be very interesting to see what you think because, you know, we're told that, oh, the FBI, they're still a reputable organization, and it's the it's few bad people at the top, and all of the ground-level folks. Look, I love ground-level cops. I respect law enforcement of all stripes when it is done well. And I am not diminishing any police officer in Denver who had to follow orders when we got beat up at a pro-police rally. And I'm not diminishing any cop who executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago when they were told to. But as an organization, as an institution, the FBI is shot. They need to be completely reformed or done away with and something new put in their place. We will play some of that audio for you. I noticed earlier in the week um, that in New Zealand, victims of the some of the worst shutdowns and the worst tyranny, the people are amassing and pushing back against their ruler. And so when I think of New Zealand, of course, the first person that always pops to mind for me is a fan favorite here on 710 KNUS on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran, Trevor Loudon, um, he's got. He was in New Zealand recently. He's got the skinny on what's going on. And listen, this is a phenomenon around the world. The pushback of the people. It's happening in America. Don't let the media and the phony polls bring you down about where we're headed in November. It's happening in countries you wouldn't expect around the globe. And we're going to talk a bit about that with my good friend Trevor Loudon. We're going to actually cut to break here very quickly. Um, so we can have a good long segment with him. He's got a plane to catch later on this hour. So we'll pick up with Trevor at about uh, 9.20 or so. Also, a big event tonight. Uh, if you want to support men and women of the military, we'll be talking with uh, Cindy Dietz, mother of fallen hero Danny Dietz, 
Um, sometime later in this hour, we'll tell you all about that. Uh, event starts at 5 p.m. tonight. We'll get into it. May be able to hook up with John Tig Tigan, one of the heroes of the 13 Hours of Benghazi. He will also be attending this event, Salute to America's Heroes, tonight at 5 p.m. And then I'm very, very excited. Um, it's been so long since I've had him on the show, and I don't know why I let that happen. I met uh, former Clinton advisor, former Fox News pundit, now Newsmax and pundit, author, writer, blogger, commentator um, on a bus tour that was going around the country when it came to Colorado. I was I was a speaker there. He was a speaker there. Um, so started having Dick Morris on the show periodically and just simply got away from it. And he is everywhere right now. And we disagree on a couple of things about Mar-a-Lago, the future of Donald Trump, uh, et cetera. We agree on a whole lot as well. Dick Morris scheduled to join us at 11 o'clock here on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. Um, I really hope to have time in this hour to share with you um, just a couple of miraculous things. Well, they weren't miracles. They were the result of hard work. But I, I think that's why I'm so happy this week. Uh, two things that happened on the legal front involving young children, sad, sad stories, parental kidnapping, on and on and on. going to try and squeeze those in just as soon as I can. But right now, let's get to our break a little bit early so we've got a good long opportunity to speak with my good buddy Trevor Loudon. He joins us next here on 710 KNUS. Faces, Rod Stewart. Thanks, Kelly. Good job with the bumper music. Welcome back, 921, Randy Corcoran. Good to have you here and so grateful to have you along. And text messages keep coming in. Really do appreciate it. Some of them I will not read. I would just say give September 10th a chance. Uh, sorry if I missed your opening dialogue. Keep hearing about new schedule lineup coming in September. Can't find any info on it. And so, yeah, I was teasing with my my late night FM music voice from my very first effort at radio back in the 1980s, that I will be moving to evenings here on 710 KNUS, 5 p.m. on Saturdays, starting September the 10th. So this is the next to the last Saturday morning show, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see the carryover here. And if you know if that doesn't fit your schedule, man, don't sweat it. Podcasts are awesome. No commercials. You can listen at your leisure. And I know we get a lot of podcast activity because after the Saturday live show, throughout the week, I'll start getting, I will get emails or text messages. Hey, I heard this. How do I connect with that or whatever? So I know you guys are listening and, um, and I ain't going anywhere. Peter Boyles kicks off the nine to nine to noon Saturday slot starting on September 10th. All right. So, um, I mentioned during the opening that I stumbled across, uh, I think it was just on Twitter, but it was a story and a video of this massive crowd in New Zealand. Uh, the people in New Zealand are finally, at long last, standing up against the tyranny of their leadership. And whenever I think of New Zealand, um, I always lament that I don't get to spend more time and don't have spend more time with you on the air with our next guest. His name is Trevor Loudon. He is from Down Under, and he joins us now. Trevor, good morning. Hey, thanks, Randy. Good, good to talk to you. I really appreciate it. I know you've got a plane or a scheduling thing coming up, so let's just jump right into it. So much I want to talk to you about. But talk to me a minute about New Zealand. You told me when I called and invited you on the show that you just came back from there uh, after two years plus of COVID and lockdowns and forced vaxes and all of the nonsense. What's happening? Well, look, look, it's, 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 
it's pretty darn communist over there now. Like, um, they, uh, look, I flew into, I didn't fly into New Zealand. I flew into Aotearoa. Um, the, the government is, is using the, Ma- the native Maori language to, to basically change everything, change the names of government entities, etc. And that sounds, you know, benevolent, fine within itself, but this is, Basically, what, what what I call the Marxist national question, they're using bilingualism to, to extinguish the old culture to bring in a new culture. And it's pretty prevalent. And, you know, the, the masks are still everywhere. People are, are, are locked down still. But there's a real mood of anger against this there. Everywhere I went, I went, the government is very, very unpopular. People are just can't wait for the next election and this uh, the, the, the Jacinda Ardern magic has certainly worn off and this has bred a new conservative movement there that we didn't really have before and it, it's very heartening to me. You, were, you weren't there during these rallies or these massive protests, were you? No, I wasn't. I, I went, but there was a big occupation of parliament grounds uh, that lasted 23 days. That was a few months ago. I, I came. I was there just after that and before this recent one. But this, this has been an ongoing thing. There have been series of protests and rallies and marches, um, which I've never really seen before in New Zealand. This is this is pretty unusual. What's so, what's so the population in New Zealand? Five million. And I, I can't, just under five million. I can't gauge crowd sizes, but the video that I saw—I uh, mean, it, there were just citizens the size of ants packed in yeah. from you know air, high aerial shots as far as the eye could see. I don't know if it was a million. Yeah. It, it looked like it could have been as many as we saw in Washington D.C. on January sixth. Uh, but no, uh, I, I don't it, was think a lot. It, it, it wasn't that big, but it was pretty big by New Zealand standards. It was yeah. several thousand, and. Um, but, you know, look, New Zealand, you know, that was the capital, Wellington. And it's pretty hard to get, you know, like it's, you got to travel a long way to get there, you know, from, from one end of the country to another. That's right in the middle of the country. Uh, you can't drive there from the South Island. You have to go across ferries and or fly. So it was actually quite an impressive gathering. It was, it was a big number of people. Well, and this is just uh, sim- symbolic of things that are going on around the world. We've seen massive protests in France spurred on by COVID lockdowns. We see yeah. the, um, the over-exuberance, to put it in the, most, the nicest of terms, of the prime minister of Canada and what they're doing. And, and people slowly and surely are starting to wake up over there. Italy has been pushing back. And so this this nationalist populist uprising is continuing to grow, is it not? Look, look, it is, and, and Holland too. You know, with the Dutch farmers, you know, because people are, are finally waking up to the fact that they could lose their sovereignty forever. You know, this has been building for some time, but uh, you know, the lockdowns and and the COVID has really put this into stark relief. You know, yes, our government is serious about socialism. Yes, our government really does want to take away our freedom. Yes, we're losing our kids. We better darn well do something. And so this mood is, is sweeping the world. And we're seeing in Australia and New Zealand and many other countries and certainly the United States. You know, I, I travel all over the country. Um, I'm speaking to groups all of the time. And it's, it's actually bigger than the Tea Party wave that's going on right now. 
but you don't hear about it because the media doesn't want to give it oxygen. But it's 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 and it's a lot younger people too because you know people have been sitting at home for a year, what reading their kids' school for two years, reading their kids' school textbooks, you know, watching their cities burned by Chinese-inspired Black Lives Matter protesters, seeing elections stolen. Yeah, they're, they're waking up all right. Without a doubt. And uh, text messages are pouring in, people who love hearing from our guest, Trevor Loudon. His, uh, you can get all of his great work, uh, Shining the Torch for Liberty, at trevorloudon.com, trevorloudon.com. Richard writes in, Randy, so Trevor went to New Zealand. I know that Australia is like an armed concentration camp. I imagine New Zealand is even worse. These are the guys that forbade our nuclear subs from docking in their waters many years ago. Well, it's interesting he brings it up because that that incident in 1984. Remember, New Zealand was saved by American troops in World War II. You know, by the, in the you know in the battles of Guadalcanal and the Coral Sea and Midway, we were saved from a Japanese invasion. In 1984, we elected a socialist Labour government and they expelled American warships from our harbours. And that was directed to... I, I, I actually met a New Zealander who was in the New Zealand Communist Party in Moscow when they organised that. That was all organised from Moscow, right? So that's what spurred me. That is the incident that spurred me to start investigating the influence of communism wow. first in New Zealand and then in the United States. Because my friend, he said, you know, the number one target of, of was always the U.S. If they could bring the U.S. down, they could, they could take every nation. And so it's interesting he brings that up. And, um, you know, the Soviets fooled, fooled the whole country there. They, they, they manipulated the whole thing. And... Um, it got me fired up, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's amazing. In fact, I, I should have done this before, Trevor. I, I know you so well. My crowd knows you so well. But a lot of people listen to this show, first-timers or new to the um, to the America First movement or whatever. Um, let's talk a little bit about you and what you do and the amazing amount of data that you have, been compi- that you have compiled and made readily available for the masses. Well, yeah, look, as you can tell by my southern accent, I'm from New Zealand. And I, I, I study Marxism. I study revolutionary movements, communist groups, and their influence on mainstream politics. You know, I, I discovered the links between um, Obama and his communist mentor, Frank Marshall Davis. Um, Glenn Beck used to use a lot of my material on his chalkboards. But in recent times, I've made a movie, Enemies Within, uh, um, which basically says there's about 100 members of your Congress uh, working for the Marxist movement. They control every committee in Congress. Um, I, I've written about the communist background of Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris. I've got a new movie just out recently released called Enemies Within the Church about the Marxist infiltration of, of even the evangelical churches now. So, And I've got a new one coming out very, very soon called Security Risk Senators, and I profile about nearly 30 U.S. senators with their Marxist backgrounds and radical affiliations. Are they all Democrats? Any Republicans that sneak into the the at least concerning mix? Well, I think Mitch McConnell deserved the place, but no, it's, it's all Democrats and Bernie Sanders, the independent. But, um, 
Yeah, the Republicans, the bad Republicans are more motivated by money. The, the bad Democrats are more motivated by ideology, you know, Marxist ideology, socialist ideology, um, you know, Iran and that kind of thing. So I, I think this is this is one of the best things I've done. People will be shocked at how, how many of your senators are being co-opted by your enemies. It is uh, it is frightening for folks um, once their eyes get opened, and, and fortunately, I've had the benefit of watching this all unfold over more than a decade now, slowly and surely. You know, seeing uh, agenda. Uh, what was the first agenda the UN did? Yeah, agenda. Now it's, um, now it's tw- grinding America down. Then agenda: Masters of Deceit by by Curtis Bowers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and right there on the UN website. I mean, you can read about these agendas, and when you hear the words, you know, sustainability and all of the keywords, you know exactly what kind of people that you're listening to or that you're putting in to positions of power. And you you mentioned Mitch McConnell, and how interesting, isn't it? While all of these MAGA candidates, uh, the the Donald Trump endorsements are just massively successful. That's what the people want. That's what the Republicans want. And then we have Mitch McConnell coming out and saying, well, you know, it's very difficult to get the Senate. You know, we'll probably do okay in the House, but uh, quality of candidates is a real problem when you're running for the Senate. The last thing he wants is to be replaced as leader with people who want to put America first and get be done with the old way of doing business in Washington, D.C. Go ahead. Well, look, Mitch McConnell has made millions of dollars trading with China. America's worst enemy on the world right now who, who is actively training to kill American service members. And Mitch McConnell made money out of this, and he thinks he is fit to be the leader of the U.S. Senate. You know, we, we need to elect so many good patriots and conservatives that he is deposed immediately after the next election. You know, it, he is just a, a, you know, it's just terrible. You know, you've got all these patriotic Republicans and conservatives out there, and their agenda has been blocked by this man who's basically made a fortune working for our enemies. You know, how corrupt can you be? Yeah, you know, it's remarkable. And he, he certainly stood up and made it possible for Donald Trump's Supreme Court appointments to get through. Uh, but during the short period of time when there was a Republican House and a Republican Senate and a Republican president during the Trump administration, the the machine, forget about the FBI and Department of Justice and all the interference that people who were supposed to be working for Trump ran and, and selling the Russia, Russia, Russia schemes and all of the other nonsense. Maybe if we have a chance, we can talk a bit about Mar-a-Lago with you. But, uh, but he did nothing to further the America first agenda other than cut taxes, which is something that Republicans uh, successfully get reelected on. Yeah. And, and that's right. But, you know, like Texas is great. We all want lower taxes. But the problems in America are far beyond that now. You know, this is this is massive indoctrination and, and perversion of schools. This is our borders out of control. This is our military being gutted and destroyed before our very eyes while Russia and China are building up theirs. This is, you know, the inability to mine your own you extract your own energy and mine your own minerals and log your own forests. This is, you know, the gutting of the middle class that's going on right now, the the, the kowtowing to China and the wrecking of the economy, the the lawlessness um, from the government. 
these are the issues that are worrying people now rather than cutting taxes. You know, yes, we want taxes cut, but we want all the other things fixed because they are existential problems that could destroy this country. And the Republican leadership wants to focus on economics only, whereas the Republican base has a much wider range of concerns right now from, from illegal immigration to, to crime, to destruction of the military, all of those things. And Mitch McConnell is one of the big blocks, one of the big blocks to getting the America First agenda implemented. Let's talk about a little more about the Senate. We have a U.S. Senate seat up for grabs here in Colorado. Joe O'Day is the Republican nominee. And for the base, for the platform-loving and supporting Republicans, and, and it's not just the base. This uh, I've talked to the highest leadership in the Republican Party. Tremendous concerns that he does not stand strongly on the pro-life platform of the Republican Party. And then you flip – and, you know, I'm Republican National Committee man, so my goal is to convince as many people as possible to vote for as many Republicans as possible. At least that is my job, my duty as I see it as being the RNC committee man. Uh, But life is a fundamental issue for me. So I step back and I think about, um, you know, majorities. Majorities matter. Uh, The possibility of voting out a Mitch McConnell, though I'm sure Joe O'Day would vote for Mitch McConnell. But regardless, Republicans being in charge of who runs the committees, what do they investigate, what do they do, who's in charge of X, Y, and Z. Once we get past a primary and we're in a general election – what is your basic philosophy when it comes to, you know, lesser of two evils, voting for the R? The R is almost always better than the D. Yeah, look, I don't see it as – look, this is, this is the thing. Uh, look, in the primaries, we vote for the most patriotic, conservative, hard, hardcore, grassroots activists we can. But the primary objective right now is stopping the communists, and the Democrats are communists now. That's reality. So – I'm not happy with some of the Republican candidates around, as I'm, you know, a lot. But we have to stop the communists. So we all have to get out and vote. And we use the primaries to get rid of the weak Republicans and put in strong Republicans. That's where we are right now. I don't see that as necessary evil. That's just the practical politics that we see in front of us right now. Absolutely. If I was in Colorado... Um, I'd absolutely be getting behind him, and be, I'd be pushing him and pushing him on the social issues as much as possible. But we have to stop the left because if the left gets another term of office in the country, we we ain't seen nothing yet compared to what they're going to do to us. Excellent summary, brother. I really do appreciate it. Another text message came in directed at you, and we've got to wrap up pretty quickly here. But just wondered if you'd read the book by Trevor Loudon, White House Reds. I think that was your most recently released book, Yeah, particularly the chapter on Tulsi Gabbard. I've wondered why she is invited all the time to patriotic events unless she has renounced her prior views. Love you and your show, Randy. I sent this to you in May after attending a talk by Mr. Loudon in Parker, Colorado. What's your response to that texter? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, Tulsi Gabbard is regarded by many on our side as a sensible Democrat. But look, she has a radical left background. I have been to, I went to a Marxist conference in, in Chicago four years ago, and they were lapping her up. She was there. Her, her goal is to sell basically Russian foreign policy to conservatives. That's, that's how I see things. I don't, and there are people out there trying to push her 
to be Trump's VP candidate in 2024. Oh, Lord. Just run run, run a mile away from her. Look, she should be great. She's married to a New Zealander. You'd think she'd be great, <laughs> but no, no, unfortunately not. That's awesome. Well, Trevor, we've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for squeezing in some time on what I know is a very busy morning for you. The website is trevorloudon.com, trevorloudon.com. Uh, Key Wiki, we didn't even talk about that. Hundreds of thousands of snippets on all of these different elected leaders. What do you want to leave everybody with as we say goodbye this morning? Well, look, look. Um, I expect big things out of Colorado. It's, it's a naturally patriotic state. You've, um, you know, we've been scammed for years by the left, and this is the time. This is the time to take it back and start the pushback. You know, we don't want San Francisco and the Mississippi Mountains. We want a patriotic state, and and everybody needs to get to the polls. Everybody needs to get to the polls this election cycle. Welcome back to the States. Love to your wife. Thanks for your time this morning. Trevor Loudon, trevorloudon.com. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Thank you, Randy. All right, 940. When we come back, we're scheduled to talk to Cindy Dietz about tonight's tremendous patriotic event Emceed by our own Stephen Tubbs, by the way. Salute to America's heroes. We'll talk about it next when we return here. 710 KNUS. Man, I wish I could take credit for the bumper music, but I can't. Thinking about, though, with the time change coming up when I move to 5 p.m. Saturday nights starting on September 10th, that uh, maybe I'll get together with Blake and we will just do some, pick some, pick some hits from the past, the things that really fire me up. And I was joking with Blake about the uh, when I started the show with my FM late night voice. Call us at 303-696-1970. I couldn't do that. I would fall right flat asleep if I was trying to do radio. I don't care how many girls called in. And I'm married now, so forget about it. But uh, those were fun days. If you missed the opening or you missed the explanation, a lot of text messages coming in on my phone and elsewhere uh, including this one about the change. Where did I? Where did it go? There you are. Hi, Randy. Did you say Peter Boyles is taking your spot on Saturday, nine to twelve? Yeah, Peter will be back on the air. And listen, as far as this spot goes, uh, I started when I started doing a regular show on seven ten, not just fill in. It was six to nine, where Jimmy's at right now, Saturday mornings. I did a lot of fill in for a while. And it was perfect because at you know nine o'clock, man, show's over. Got my whole weekend ahead. I'm an early riser anyway. It was great. And then when the nine to twelve slot opened up, um, rather suddenly, rather unexpectedly, uh, I had a change of circumstances going on with my mom that uh, with my mom that um, really made it appropriate, necessary for me to not be on the air so early on Saturdays. My schedule was such that moving to this 9 to 12 slot was perfect. And I asked 710, and they accommodated me. So it was really, uh, I really appreciate the folks here. Now, the 9 to 12 has become kind of a problem. So the timing is decent for me. And the only reason it's a problem is because I have these three incredible grandsons now, and the three-year-old, the oldest of the bunch, is a dirt bike racer. And so by being here 9 to noon on Saturdays, I am missing um, some of the races and some of the morning rounds and some of the morning setups. And so they're usually done by 1 or 2 o'clock, so I don't get out of here in time to go do that. So at least for the late spring, summer, and early fall period, a uh, change in scheduling will be very, very 
useful for me and the things that I love to do with my family. So I'm really, really not unhappy about it. I can tell you that much. And um, what will be interesting to me is to just see who comes along. What can we do with that time slot? Will it be this has been 9 to 12 on Saturdays has been, you know, full line, start to finish so often. We get the, when we open up for calls, we just uh, the lines are full. The text messages are massive quite often, just like today. And um, so it'll be interesting to see if that translates starting on September 10th from, um, from starting at 5 p.m. And I will certainly, I'm thinking about next week, maybe no guests or anything, just me and calls and talking and looking ahead and, and um, all of that. So we'll see how it all plays out, see what happens this week. I mentioned before, we've got some great audio. We've got uh, Zuckerberg on with Joe Rogan. Um, some amazing insights on the raid on Mar-a-Lago. John Solomon reports there's an FBI whistleblower that he has interviewed. Just on and on and on. We'll get to all of that. But I do want to spend a minute and tell you about a great event tonight. And regular listeners to this show are well familiar with the story of Danny Dietz, uh, one of the fallen heroes, Danny Dietz Memorial Highway. I think they just replaced the sign down there on Santa Fe. And Tom Tancredo, uh, years and years ago, brought a woman in to one of our Tea Party meetings that I, I didn't recognize her, didn't know her from the past, and she was introduced to me as Sid, uh, Sid come on, Sid, you got to fix that on the screen. I keep looking at it. It's Cindy Dietz, and uh, um, and of course our we had a nice sized meeting going back then, and uh, our hearts just went out to this wonderful Gold Star mom. And she joins us now to talk about an event, a salute to America's heroes that's happening tonight, hosted, emceed, I should say, by our very own Stefan Tubbs. Cindy, hello. Hey, Randy. How are you? So good to talk <laughs> to you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's just so good to talk to you. You, uh, you know how much I love the uh, involvement that I get to have with your family and, and um, just good things are happening and um, hearing from you and knowing about this event tonight, I wish I'd have known about it sooner. I might have been able to make a way to get over there. But um, man, it sounds good. Tell folks what's happening. So we're we're so excited. Um, we're uh, our main guest speaker is Bernie Carrick, and for those of you that don't know him, he was the chief of police in charge uh, when nine eleven happened. Um, amazing man. I got to meet him um, uh, when we did a Charlie Daniels event and for our foundation and um, just an amazing, amazing patriotic uh, first responder. Uh, and of course, we've got Tig um, from... Um, 13 Hours of Benghazi. From uh, 13 of, Hours Benghazi. One of, one of the heroes. And Dave Bray, um, another um, hero from, um, he's a former Marine. Let me get that I, right. I, I think he's a Navy vet, and he's also, but he's Navy a rock, he's a rock and roller, isn't Sorry. he? Yeah. Yeah, he's our, he's, he's going to be our entertainment for the evening. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> and then our own Stefan Tubbs, who, who, you know, every Sunday and, does the Patriot show and, uh, and his, his uh, afternoon drive shows always share the love with military families and patriots. And so uh, I know in some yeah, circles that's MC. Did you know in some circles we're warned to be cautious about using the word patriot now? It's being equated to the old days of comrade and 
um, citizen. <laughs> it's it's well, hilarious how far people will I, go. Uh, go ahead. And I have to tell you, Randy, they've given Debbie such a hard time because um, she's uh, calling it a, a, a patriot honor to um, all first responders, responders and veterans. And she's gotten so much slack for that. I felt so bad for her. She's been so stressed out because she does amazing things um, for our veterans and first responders. Um, for those of you that don't know what what Debs, uh, what American Military Family does is their their uh, first response for our 22 to keep our 22 uh, veteran uh, 22 kill down. So our veterans are getting um, the support that they need so they don't go down that road and we don't have another veteran suicide due to um, the help that they're not receiving where uh, they feel like they're so alone. Yeah. Well, I was talking with Tig last night and we may have him on later in the show to talk a little bit more about this event. And I was unaware of American military org, American military org. but it sounds like they are actively getting ahead of, um, sometimes inevitable outcomes of, of people who served and are now feeling suicidal and, you know, PTSD, whatever the reasons are. So it's very, very exciting. It's tonight. It's at the Infinity Park Event Center right there in Glendale. Bernie Carrick, former New York police commissioner, Tig Tigan, one of the 13 heroes of Benghazi, Dave Bray, Navy veteran and a rock and roll patriot will be providing the music. Our own patriot hero, Stefan, patriot loving, um, Host Stefan Tubbs will be emceeing the event tonight, which is just awesome. Tickets are still available, and you can get tickets at AmericanMilitaryFamily.org, AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. Starts at 5 o'clock, runs all the way to 10 o'clock, so get in there for an hour or two. If you can't go, make a donation. They're saving the lives of some of our hurting heroes, and that is really a terrific thing. And we are offering, um, you know, for last minute, um, guests that would like to attend, um, they can get the ticket for uh, a cost of $50. They just need to contact Deb correctly, uh, uh, Deb, um, and she will get them in for $50 a ticket. That's well, how do they do that? An amazing, amazing price. Um, let me give you her. Oh, sorry, I should have had that pulled up. I'll tell you what, we're out of time. Why don't you send it to me and I will get it out to everybody over the next two hours and we may be connecting with Tig before the end of the show as well. Yeah, and and I'll make sure that Tig has um, the info to contact Deb for those tickets. So Sounds good. Well, love to you and your family. You won't be able to be there. Yeah, me too. Well, I just I found out about it too last minute. I'd have been promoting the heck out of this last week if I'd have known about it. And, uh, you know, with three grandbabies, there's a lot of busy family life going on these days. So, um, Cindy... Uh, Really, just love to everybody over there. Uh, thank you so much. People should uh, come out and look for you and Tig Tigan, Bernie Carrick. It should be an amazing night tonight, 5 p.m. at Infinity Park Event Center. Again, tickets at AmericanMilitaryFamily.org, AmericanMilitaryFamily.org. And Cindy is going to get me the information where people can get discounted tickets if they want. We'll share that throughout the rest of the show. God bless you, Cindy. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Cindy Dietz, mother of fallen hero Danny Dietz. You probably drive the Danny Dietz Memorial Highway um, from time to time. I sure do because one of my favorite pinball pubs is down there. But 
I digress. Anyway, it's 9.56, and uh, we'll get back to your phone calls, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Have a ton of audio that you must hear, including the biggest story that is being – and I said it's not being reported. What I mean is on you know mainstream radio, radio and, and, or mainstream news or especially the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine. Instead, it's hemming and hawing and sighing and worrying over Donald Trump and – and those documents that he he didn't return to the archivists and all of those things that we will dig in as this show continues. It's Wake Up with Randy Corcoran here, 710 KNUS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.